I'd like to try something. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for the grown man-child who swears, even though they're not allowed, this is podcast for two people. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we had some sick intro music. You know. Anyways, okay. what's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. That's good. I'm pretty raspy today. I'm sure you, uh... I, I caught that. Yeah. That's alright, though. Yeah. It'll probably give me, like, an NPR voice. That's good. Yeah, I suppose. You want to peel those liberal cucks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had to put a humidifier in my room. No. The winter does not care for my throat, and vice versa. I had slept in my room that had that. I still had that window AC in there. I, oh, I don't yeah. leave it on, obviously, but like, <laughs> it's still like it's not cold enough. It lets a lot of air in. Yeah, and I was like, "Why am I doing this? It's like negative two degrees out." <laughs> you just wake up and you're like, <laughs> so Aaron was making fun of me yesterday because like oh, the way I sounded, and she's just like, "Yeah, go downstairs and make breakfast," and I'm like, "Ha ha ha, that's real funny." <laughs> that's so funny. I forgot to laugh. Yeah, so now I sound like an action movie star, so that's cool. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving, Brent? Fine. Yeah, there was food. <laughs> there was food, I ate some. Did you take some pictures and add it to the countless numbers of photos of the same food that everyone was eating online? Not even. Good, same. That would be because we are rebels without a cause. Mm-hmm. Much like the man that we're about to talk about today. Yeah, we uh, don't take pics of our Thanksgiving food. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that Goichi basic probably doesn't either. He is uh, pretty fucking far from being basic. Um, Goichi Suda, also known as Suda51, is today's topic. He is a mythic man, and most of the gaming community knows him by his nickname Suda51. This man has a head full of crazy and wild ideas, and we have the luck of being able to play through his acid trip euphoric playgrounds. If you've ever been fortunate enough to play through one of his titles, you know exactly what we're talking about. Known for outlandish story detail, intense gore, and explicit content, as well as his unique artistic direction. He has been dubbed as the punk of Japanese game design, and draws a lot of his artistic and writing direction from Quentin Tarantino and Franz Kafka. Here we get this elegant and delectable combination of humor, mature themes, and violence. He's also spoken out how much he hates concepts based on other people's work and working on other people's ideas and concepts, which is likely why he ended up being such a successful and influential game director. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, when I first started playing Killer7, I was like, this is like a David Lynch movie. Yeah, it is so like, wildly different from if, like, anything. David Lynch directed, like, an assassin movie. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm down with that. Um, just briefly talking about like the game mechanics in a very quick overview for Killer Seven. You run on a track and you like move your directional stick to go down different hallways as you select them. You have to aim your gun to go into first person mode, scan the screen to find these terrifying creatures that are called the Heaven Smile. And then you shoot them and they just squirt out blood and strings. And that's your currency. And that's your currency. I see it. I would have. It would have been cool if they. Uh, it would have been cool if they had um, like light gun support. Yeah, that would have been great. Like if they would have re-released for the uh, Wii with a Wii Zapper. Yeah. Uh, this is a game that I time and time again had wished uh, would have come out multiple times. Yeah. 
for a myriad of reasons. Um, like a Resident Evil 4 amount of times? <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Uh, but yeah, for like for so many different reasons, it, and a lot of them having to do with the story, which is why I love Suda so much. So let's get into that. For those that are not up on Suda, he's the founder of Grasshopper Games. We'll be getting into the games that he's put out with Grasshopper here shortly. Goichi Suda was born in Ueda, Nagano Prefecture in Japan on January 2nd, 1968. Like Itagaki, Suda has spoken little of his early life, but has said that he did not have a good relationship with his family and disliked living in Nagano. I think that it was just, uh, he's very much so like a cyberpunk, very much so nitty-gritty industrial. Nagano, especially Ueda, is very like rustic, rural, beautiful landscapes like there's not a lot going on it's just it's very pretty and i think he needs to be surrounded by concrete and disaster (laughs) that's where he thrives so swapping briefcases with random people on the street yeah living in a hotel being an international super assassin (laughs) you know taking out enemies of the state (laughs) he's always aspired to be a video game designer suda would get his foot in the door as a graphics designer at sega designing brochures Probably nice. for, like, arcades and stuff like that. And, like, are you getting the new Sonic game that's coming out? Now, showing on Sega Genesis. He's also uh, always had a love for wrestling. Yeah. I was going to say the, hey, kids, are you hungry? Eat Sonic um, SpaghettiOs. Yeah, I was going to say jam it into your, Sonic O's. Just jam it into your Sega Genesis and then suck it out through the TV. <laughs> Don't get up. <laughs> it's in the game. Yeah. Food. Good food, good. So that that love for wrestling is actually what got his interest peaked when he saw an advertisement by Human Entertainment looking for game designers for their game, Fire Pro Wrestling, which he applied to start on as a game designer with his massive knowledge of the wrestles. That's <laughs> also what got him the job. At 18, Suda then moved to Tokyo and married at an early age. Later on, he had earned the nickname we know him by, which comes from his first name, Goichi. In Japanese, Go is five, and Ichi is one. So therefore, ipso facto, Suda 5-1. So yeah, for those of you that thought it was Suda 51, you're like, hey, you're not even saying it right, I'm not listening to this episode. I guarantee you, it is Suda 5-1. So I get him mixed up sometimes with Sweary 6-5. Yeah. I think that's his number. <laughs> so that's so six, six. I know it's Sweary. Sweary. Yeah. Sweary. So let's talk about all the games he's made, and then wrap back around to the history of his career path. I'd also like to note that we won't be going too in-depth on these titles, since they are very deep, and there is a colossal amount of co- uh, amount to cover with each of them. I'm also happy to say that there is a large amount of info on Suda, and we have a jam-packed episode for you all today. We will likely be covering at least a few of the games I'm going to list off in their own episodes. So... The titles that he has put out in chronological Strap order. yourselves in, folks. I hope you're ready for this uh, sultry voice to just start murdering you with words. Super Fire Pro Wrestling 3, Final Bout, Super Fire Pro Wrestling Special, Twilight Syndrome, Search, Twilight Syndrome, Investigation, Moonlight Syndrome, The Silver Case, Flower, Sun, and Rain, Michigan, Report from Hell. He was the original plan producer and uh, did not actually have a directing credit on it, but I wanted to mention it because Michigan, Report from Hell is dope <laughs> so back to it killer seven the 25th ward silver case samurai shampoo sidetracked blood plus one night kiss no more heroes fatal frame mask of the lunar eclipse no more heroes Two: eternal struggle 
Shadows of the Damned, Lollipop Chainsaw, Liberation Maiden, Black Knight Sword, Killer is Dead, Liberation Maiden Sin, Short Piece, Ranko Tsukikime's Longest Day, The Silver Case Remaster, The 25th Ward Silver Case Remaster, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. <sighs> now, those games that I have listed are all writing and directorial credits aside from Michigan Report from Hell. There's still others that he was involved in that he has producing credits or uh, scenario writing, just other credits in. Which is just insane that he has this many directing credits from 93 to 2018, where most directors, like Shinji Mikami, actually only had eight in that time span. And Shinji Mikami is looked at as being a very prolific game designer and developer and director. I mean, because of Resident Evil and that colossal splash it made. But, unlike Shinji Mikami, Suda doesn't uh, seem to go back to old games too often or do series of games. Uh, really, No More Heroes and then our uh, Twilight Syndrome, those are really the only series that he's done. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, uh, there's no end to the trippy and mystifying stories that he has for us. Each of these games is very, very different from each other. Uh, other than the fact that they tend to have briefcases, heads and bags, assassins, hotels, and luchadors. The moons. The moon, yeah. There's a lot of moon in, in, in all of these games. So, Brent, what was uh, what was the first Suda 5-1 game that you played? That I actually played myself, yeah. uh, Woodman Killer is Dead. That you completed, yeah. Yeah, played and completed. I mean, I'd... I'd, I'd I, uh, I'd been aware of him when Killer7 came out, even though I may not have known him by name. Yeah. That was the first game I'd ever heard of that was by him. Um, yeah, no, I'd, until recently, I didn't really know anything before then. Yeah. But yeah, Killer, Killer's Dead is, yeah, the game I played and probably enjoyed the most, because that's like the only one I finished. So you'd say that that was your favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... Why would you say that's your favorite? Other than the fact that it's the only one that like you've really well, it's like a it's a it's a solid like character action game. It's got a lot of like weird bullshit in it too, like yeah. the weird gigolo missions. Yeah, I forgot about the gigolo mission and the nurse on the on the needle. Yeah, it's like the challenge dungeon. Yeah, and Mondo, Mondo, what was his Mondo name? Zappa? Mondo <laughs> Zappa with his like bionic arm, his fucking badass that katana. Blood, which yeah. is like I'm pretty. I want to say I read somewhere that it takes place in like the Killer Seven universe. I think that you're correct, but uh, it is not a sequel. Yeah, like, it has just, nothing to do with. It's just like, yeah, like mm -hmm. in the same world, basically, not like a direct continuation. Yeah, this would be like talking about uh, Doctor Doom and then like Namor <laughs> in the Marvel Universe. Like, yeah, they exist in the same world, but they pretty much have nothing to do with each other. Um, I liked uh, I liked your first aid lady. Yes. <laughs> How you get free she tread. was hot. <laughs> um, you know, I like, I like the character monosab. I like the story, even though it made like very little fucking sense. Yeah, you got. But that's kind of what I'm. I'm. I'm in it for. You yeah, know? you got to chop off heads, put them in jars, and bring them back with you to your uh, to your assassin headquarters where you get your jobs. Yeah. And your fucking boss is uh, Barrett from fucking uh, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, what games of his do you want to play or wish that you had played at some point in your life? Um, well, I still want to finish Killer7. I have played it. Mm-hmm. But for one reason or the other, whenever I start, I just, like, end up moving on to something else. Yeah. Um, I, I need to play the No More Heroes series. 
Oh, you absolutely do. I especially since Travis comes again, is coming out. <laughs> he comes everywhere all the time. Um, coming on your Switch this year? Is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's next year, but yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> or wait, nope. It's in a, it's in a couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Surprise. <laughs> uh, I, I would like to play through Lollipop Chainsaw. So I, only, like, I, I watched you play like the beginning of it, mm-hmm. and then I watched you play like the end of it. Ten hut, ten butt fuck. That was pretty cool. That was one of the most memorable parts. Michael Rooker's in it, man. Yeah. He plays as a Viking black metal zombie god. That's true. <laughs> um, and yeah, I would like, I'd like to see what the fuck Shadows of the Dam's all about. Right, yeah. It's pretty fucking dark. It. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Um, though EA actually uh, fucked him on that. It was supposed to be something uh, very different. I'll get into that a little bit uh, when we're talking about the history of uh, his career path. Other than that, yeah, I don't know what else to add right now. Well, I <laughs> guess uh, I'll take you out of the hot seat and I'll sit down for a second. Uh, okay. The first uh, Suda 5-1 game that I played was Killer7, right when it released, part of the Capcom 5. Um, fucking nuts. Uh, my brother Heath and I had to, like, after we finished it, we had to look up online to, like, try and piece together what the fuck was going on. Because it is, uh, it's very intense, it's very much so kind of all over, and, uh, with the visuals going on, with the writing, your mind is totally torn asunder. So, very much so worth your time, especially now that they've got that remaster out on Steam. Uh... Favorite game? No More Heroes. Travis Touchdown is like the penultimate protagonist. He's a fucking wonderful weeaboo assassin. Uh, gameplay and mechanics wise, it's very, very unique. And uh, I will forever be super stoked uh, doing the roulette wheel to get your superpowers <laughs> for uh, Travis Touchdown and uh, going around and getting like fucking suplexes left and right like you can suplex like 20 guys in a row just like suplexing and then like doing a backflip into like a suplex (laughs) with a different guy it's out there i love it um yeah that really i don't want to go too much into it because i really do want to cover no more heroes once uh travis comes everywhere twice (laughs) uh comes out uh here in the next few weeks so let's get back into uh suda and his career path so Suda's first job at Human uh, Entertainment was as scenario writer for Super Fire Pro Wrestling 3, which earned him praise from the company due to the quality of his work. And later, he was promoted to both writer and director for Super Fire Pro Wrestling Special, which gained fame for the dismal tone of its story and ending. If I could, I remember hearing about a wrestling game where, like, you're the protagonist, like, kind of can't wrestle anymore or something and then like just kills himself yeah have you I don't know seen if that's, like the same game i was gonna say like have you seen the movie the wrestler yeah with like mickey rourke mm-hmm. as ram jam yeah yeah no that's that's that fucking game right. it's yeah it's it's intense like you don't really you don't you're not gonna get that in a fucking wrestling game no it's like do you think 2k is gonna put oh, out God. wwe 2k19 where you play as fucking uh, Brock Lesnar, and then you fucking blow your brains out at the end of the game. Because you blew your knees out too many times, and, like, you have a prolapsed anus. And you look like a giant baby man with a weird dick knife tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's gonna kick my ass. He's gonna fucking suplex you into the sun. Yeah. So, following Super Fire Pro Wrestling 3, Suda worked on the Twilight Syndrome series. 
He initially had to start as producer and director for Twilight Syndrome, but he was able to have higher creative input in Moonlight Syndrome. One decision was to shift Moonlight Syndrome away from supernatural into psychological horror. Suda, who had gathered a fan base from his work at Human, generated controversy by killing off the main character in Moonlight Syndrome. Which is something that he's not afraid to do. He's often talked about in uh, his philosophy, as far as writing goes, is that uh, as a director and writer, you should not be afraid of death. Which is kind of funny, kind of talking about where he started as, you know, um, an undertaker. <laughs> And uh, some people had said that he was a funeral director, which I don't think is possible at age <laughs> yeah. 16. This funeral directed by Suda51. Kill me and bring me there. So, like, you open the coffin and then, like... It's you come just, out with gats. It's just blood. It's just blood. <laughs> and just... And then they open the doors to, like, the church or whatever. And then, like... Uh, Death just, comes out on a like fucking space. skateboard. And then, like, yeah... <laughs> And then everybody walks out, and then and then uh, climbs out of the hole that's supposed to be for you, and then they dump the blood in there. I don't know. <laughs> that's a suit of five one sequence Close for enough. sure. And then just TV static. Yeah, it's perfect. And it's just some weird old guy like watching it in his trailer. <laughs> well, he's just like shitting in a bucket, yeah. and like some Filling nurses diaper, rubbing yeah. him with like a sponge. Yeah, yes, <laughs> comforting him in his twilight years, <laughs> twilight syndrome. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, Moonlight Syndrome would be the last game worked on by Suda for Human Entertainment. That's because Suda left due to being unsatisfied with the lack of bonuses. He also sensed that Human Entertainment was not a secure position. Which is funny, because they actually went bankrupt the following year. So he could actually have some sort of supernatural business prowess. <laughs> That's like, something I think, I feel like most Japanese men are probably born with. Yeah. <laughs> they are born with a series of graphs yeah. in their brain. They know they know business. <laughs> they know uh, benchmarks. Yeah. Yeah. Ethics. After leaving Human Entertainment, Suda founded Grasshopper Manufacture to fulfill his wish to create original video game projects, which is by far and wide a massive understatement. Its debut title was The Silver Case for the PlayStation. And he was initially approached by ASC2 Entertainment, who acted as the game's publishers and provided funding. Suda was director, co-writer, and designer. On top of all of that, he was also the studio's CEO. So he felt responsible for ensuring everyone got paid, because he's not a fuck. <laughs> Can you imagine having someone like Suda51 with that kind of background and uh, that much drive as your CEO to make sure you got paid and everything like that? I want I really wish I would have been able to find maybe some interviews from the employees of Grasshopper. Then again, we might end up doing an episode on Grasshopper Manufacture. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, it's a far cry, I think, from where we see gaming now. Uh, a lot of gaming news really like upsets me. Yeah, like okay, you're gonna work one one hundred hour weeks, and then like the in the final two weeks of like production, the two CEOs are gonna take home like a two and a half million bonus. We're talking about uh, fucking Red Dead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's phenomenal. Uh, and then if you if you get fired or quit in development, your name won't be on the credits. Yeah, even though you probably put in over 700 hours in the course of, like, four or six months. It's very much, like, Always Sunny's The Implication. It really is. <laughs> like, oh, you want to be in the credits? Like, they're not going to quit because mm -hmm. of The Implication. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
It's, I thought you were a team player. Yeah, or Lionhead Studios with Peter Molyneux. You yeah. know, there's we could go on and on. Yeah. Uh, everything that came out with Telltale Games, especially the employees it took to Twitter. But that's another thing is Asuda Five One has a very active Twitter account, and it's pretty fun. It's kind of like Hideki's, where he's uh, kind of Hideki just blocks everybody. Yeah, not like not even joking. Yeah. He'll be like, like people will be like, hey, I really love Don't Make Cry 1. It's really great. He's like, cool, blocked. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're supposed to just lurk if you... Yeah, or like, no, you have to read his Twitter log, which I don't know how to use. So I just don't, I'm not going to... I mean, I'm not really going to, like, go at him anyways, because I know... This is the second time that we've mentioned Hideki Kami's Twitter log. It's... It's its own thing. We could do an episode on that. <laughs> Hideki Kamiya's Twitter log, episode 303. That's that's around the time that I think we'll start running out of things, around episode More 303. More really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Remember that, guys? <laughs> you remember us talking about that? I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy, this podcast for one people now. Because yeah. <laughs> you're dead? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be fucking dead, for sure. Yeah, not if I beat you to it. <laughs> Nerd. Race me, fucker. <laughs> Race me to the grave. You fucking babby hands little bitch. No. No. <laughs> so the initial staff of Grasshopper Manufacturer was fairly small, like your hands, <laughs> which meant that the game's assets and style needed to be adjusted to fit limited resources and a tight budget. That's fucking... That's a Craigslist ad. The title was a success in Japan and helped establish Grasshopper Manufacturer, although it had limited critical success due to the visual novel style at the time, which actually later would end up blowing up in Japan. While Suda wanted an over... Yeah, he's a trendsetter. That's very true. He strikes out on his own. That's, you know, again, why he's known as, you know, uh, Japan's uh, game development punk. And not like... Clint Eastwood when punk but like yelling at a chair yeah but like you know more punk than <laughs> Simon Ferocious <laughs> dude that's that's like the sickest burn ever it really is and then he just fucking turned and walked away he's like what Freddie you... Mercury is more punk than Sid Vicious oh yeah and he's like what, what are you going to do about it yeah Keep it classy. <laughs> While Sudo wanted an overseas release, the large amount of text and difficulties of localization for those text-based puzzles uh, kept Silver Case exclusive to Japan for quite some time. Real quick. Yeah. If I was Sid Vicious and he called me Simon <laughs> Ferocious, I'd be like, you know, I think I've been going about this all wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think that I should probably stop uh, smashing bottles and cutting myself. And Maybe I shouldn't murder my girlfriend and then kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe Gary Oldman shouldn't make a movie about me and abuser. <laughs> just just spit on. <laughs> Oh my fucking god. Oh shit. Oh my god. Suda attempted to port Silvercase to the Nintendo DS, but he was unsatisfied with the result and canceled the project despite it being close to completion. Like, very close to completion. It would actually come to us much later as a remaster. And sadly, I really dislike visual novel games, otherwise, I probably would have checked it out. But so if it you, has his name on it, I would probably check it out. Right. That's well, I, the I had, thing. like nothing else I wanted to do. Right. I don't know. That's, that's just it. Is that, uh,. I would love to check it out because it has his name on it, and he's been a very influential person to me as far as video games go. Mm-hmm. And he wrote and directed it, so like everybody, like talks about the Danganronpa series, yeah. which I'm pretty sure is visual novel. 
But you have to like pay attention, and it's and then you have to like actually like use what you've paid attention to. to Yeah, like like, you play the game with a notebook. Pretty much, yeah. Which I guess teddy bears. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, like I suppose, like it 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 kind of um, makes you more interactive than more interactive visual novel. Exactly. Um, But what I was gonna say is that currently, I mean, we're this is gonna be way past. Uh, your Black Friday, everything like that. But at the time, right now, so it's relevant because I'm talking about it <laughs> from the past. Silvercase on PlayStation is actually on sale for pretty cheap, and uh, I'm sure that if you keep watching, you'll be able to catch it for cheap again, or it'll just stay cheap. Who knows? But if you're into visual novels, you should definitely check it out. It's very dark, very interesting. So. Suda's next game at Grasshopper Manufacturer was Flower, Sun, and Rain, developed for PlayStation 2. As with the Silver Case, Suda directed, wrote, and designed for the game. He wears all the hats all the time. He just stacks them on top of each other, like Nazi helmets. <laughs> Due to having a larger staff, the gameplay shifted away from the text-driven uh, style sorry, of the Silver Case, beginning the company's and Suda's shift towards more action-based gameplay. Flower, Sun, and Rain was almost canceled when ASC2 Entertainment changed its policies and withdrew funding, which also wouldn't be the last time that happened, but Grasshopper Manufacturer is a highly adaptable beast. Suda pitched to other publishers, eventually getting the support of Victor Interactive Software. This would begin a trend for Grasshopper Manufacturer of picking new publishers for each project so as to remain an independent company which is brilliant. The Silver Case, Flower, Sun, and Rain, and Moonlight Syndrome all form an unofficial trilogy together, featuring reoccurring characters. Suda next acted as producer and designer for Michigan Report from Hell. Suda also created the initial concept around the idea of mist in the game, but then used camera direction and monsters to evoke terror. Michigan Report from Hell was one of Suda's few games to incorporate elements of horror, a genre Suda generally doesn't like. I think that game was played entirely from a first-person camera sp- perspective. As a reporter, correct? Yeah, from yeah. hell. Yeah, from hell in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you had to, like, ram stuff. <laughs> ram it? Yeah. Like, like you, with your camera? Yeah. Uh, because you got body. a giant camera or something? And then, like, you got points for taking, like, don't you have like a news reporter lady too? That yeah, and like, like a like a boom mic guy who's yeah. really fucking weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. Duh. Yeah. We saw videos of this, and we were originally gonna play it forever ago when we were really uh, into Twitch. No, I don't even have that game. I thought we were gonna look into getting it. Uh, maybe I'm just making false memories. Maybe I had a dream. <laughs> yeah, probably. Or maybe I lived in Michigan one time, and I reported from hell. So I, I just find it odd that he doesn't like horror despite a lot of his games having these, like, horror bases. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Killer7 with the terrifying, like, heaven smile. Like, they are creepy as fuck. And they just, like, they're laugh, they're, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, yeah. And they sneak up on you, they grab you, they explode. Uh, you see people's organs all the time. People, like, with their heads fucking blown off. Um, I mean, I guess that's more in, like, the violence. Mm-hmm. But it's spooky. It's pretty fucking spooky. Lollipop Chainsaw is just zombies everywhere, but that's more fun, more funny. Um, ten hut, ten butt fuck. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> it's very over the top, like, bullshit. Yeah, so, 
I mean, I guess I can see it here and there. It's more horror without his humor, which I guess doesn't really fit his uh, MO, hmm. if you will. So his next title, like I was talking about with the Heaven Smile, Killer 7. This was his breakout title in the West and garnered mainstream public attention for both Suda and his studio. Suda acted as scenario writer, designer, and director. Development began in 2002 as part of the Capcom 5, which you may remember us talking about in our two-part series on Shinji Mikami. Suda was given high creative freedom by Mikami, allowing Suda to create an experimental game for an international audience. His next major title was No More Heroes for the Wii, which further established Suda's international reputation. Sorry, I had a brain aneurysm. (laughs) And further strengthened my loyalty to his brand. And now I always look twice at anything mentioning Grasshopper Games or Suda 5.1 in general. Suda developed the title for the Wii as he had been one of the first to see the hardware firsthand and saw the possibilities of the Wii controls for sword-based action. So not just Nintendo with Breath of the... Or not Breath of the Wild. Fucking Twilight Twilight. Princess. Uh, It was way more fun to swing a sword as Travis Touchdown than it was as Link, to be honest. (laughs) Um, While sharing elements with Killer7, Suda adopted a lighter tone and style to suit his vision for the characters and the story. It was very humorous. So following No More Heroes, Suda took on a supervisory role for the majority of future Grasshopper projects, including No More Heroes sequel, Desperate Struggle. Because he's not really a sequel guy. Yeah. He continued to be involved with writing and planning for Shadows of the Damned, Lollipop Chainsaw, Black Knight Sword, and Killer is Dead. His next project as director is Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. Which is, of course, the new No More Heroes title for the Nintendo Switch, which I am so fucking excited for. We got to see a bit of the gameplay during E3, but I believe we missed talking about it during our episode coverage. Uh, But it's expected, that's to be expected with the high volume of content that was coming at us with (laughs) E3. We had a lot to cover with every publisher. Uh, Though I do have to say, um, I about shit my pants when I saw it. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. I Wasn't screamed. It. Yeah, I, I fucking screamed. I immediately. I think I called you. Either I called you or I, I fucking I, sent I you a text. All cap, all cap text. Yeah, all cap text, <laughs> which is uh, which says a lot because uh, I mean that <laughs> that that takes that. Tyler known for keeping his cool. I am sends me I am all cap so text. fucking cool, and like Travis again is just like the penultimate weeaboo, and like he's the world's number one assassin. Just adds to his allure. That I mean, I fucking love Travis Touchdown. Uh, I remember I made a. We were talking about Soul Calibur earlier. I remember um, having a created character in Soul Calibur that I named Felicia Field Goal. <laughs> I, I think I remember, that. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I think that was like Soul Calibur four or five. Five. And something like that. Yeah. Um, and that game just came out like at the perfect time in my life. It was I, I was sick from school for like a week. My mom's like, "Well, you can't be that fucking bored sitting in your room vomiting all the time. Here, play this." <laughs> <laughs> and so me and Travis got along pretty well and we got to know each other real, real well. And uh, he's just got so much style and tune and wrestling moves. I'm a guy who likes tune, right? Tootie tune, tune, tune. Which now, knowing of where Suda started it and making all the nods to wrestling in Suda's games, it makes so much more sense. Uh, I mean, um, in that game, this is kind of uh, the thing with Twilight Syndrome, uh, sun, rain, moon, flowers, 
All that uh, shit. Red and blue. <laughs> red and blue. <laughs> Sun and moon. Sun and moon. Let's go. <laughs> hey, hey, let's go. Friendship, love. Uh, but yeah, no, like uh, having the reoccurring characters. If you look at Killer is Dead, No More Heroes, and Killer 7, they all have uh, some reoccurring names, themes, things like that with the assassins. Travis Touchdown, uh, he gets notes from Mass Day Smith throughout the game. And the guy who taught Mass Day Smith is dead, but his ghost trains Travis Touchdown. That's how you learn your wrestling moves, right? It's Mass Day Smith's dead uh, master. master, yeah. It's pretty great. And then, um, so, you know, like, all three of those games are connected because also Killer is Dead takes place in the same world. And uh, technically, Mondo Zappa is actually on the world's, like, list for top assassins. And, uh, you know, Travis Touchdown, for some reason, doesn't have to fight him. Which yeah. is good, because I don't know who would win. It would be real fucking hard. I don't know. But uh, we're getting to a point where Suda51 could have his own, like, Super Smash Bros. <laughs> roster full of characters. That'd be weird. It would be. It'd be like, do you want Guns Brass character or Sword Slash character? <laughs> But uh, again, we get to do an episode where we get to, well, I, like I get to say, anyway, that I'm getting exactly what I want from Suda51. And if I could have anything else, I just want him to keep making games in general. Like, I, I'm already getting another No More Heroes game, which I didn't think was going to happen. The last thing that we saw from No More Heroes was uh, a re-release of No More Heroes 2 by a different name. Which is fine. Because it came out on the PS3, originally came out on the Wii. I remember right. If I'm saying that right, my yeah. voice is going to shit. <laughs> it's starting to get like real, real raspy. <laughs> right, wrap it up. Uh, but maybe a Killer is Dead sequel would be great because I also love Mondo. I feel like Killer is Dead ended. <laughs> it definitely ended. Yeah, when you fight your brother who's dressed up as a golden Voldo on the moon yeah and you kill him and i what does don't you like oh yeah sorry spoilers <laughs> it's fine it, it came out on the xbox 360 and if you haven't bought it yet shame on you if you but, uh but you should totally go play it or just watch somebody else play it but i would rather you played it yourself instead of having to like listen to someone talk over it like oh my god this is so crazy i don't get it <laughs> just go fucking play it what even is this <laughs> What most the? random game ever? <laughs> Uber driver sucks me off. <laughs> Part one of fifty-seven. Yeah, this is uh, basically pitching thumbnails where like you get your guy looking really confused and then holding up their words that they're saying. It's just a whole bunch of small dicks on a pizza. Yeah. Put dicks on my pizza instead of pepperoni. What? Random. Random. <laughs> Teens react to dick pizza. <laughs> <laughs> FBI. <laughs> come, come, come. <laughs> yeah, that, thanks. Uh, I'm going to have to replace all the fucking doors now. And the NSA is going to have to replace all the bugs they already put under uh, my kitchen table. Psh, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. what do you like? What do you what would you see from Suda 5 1? Sorry to get so Besides off track. This, I would like to, I guess I'd like to see uh, um, that concept game he had that became Let It Die. Lily oh, Bergamo. Yes. So it's supposed to be like a character action Excuse game. Me. Whatever. Um, <laughs> that was a chair. Because I mean like 
I heard like the description. It's like extreme action game, and like it would have had like a progressive leveling up system. Wait a second, I this like I know that we talked about this briefly. Yeah. But um, now that you're talking about it while we're recording, this is actually. I remember this. I remember seeing this and talking about it with you, being like, oh, fuck, dude, this is going to be amazing. So, yeah, I would have liked to play that. I mean, Let It Die, I had my time okay. with it. <laughs> yeah, same. And then I was like, nope, I'm done. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of surprised that a game like that actually came from Grasshopper. Yep. That, uh, I mean, it, it's it's a cool game. Yeah. But, like, uh, I don't know. I haven't, been, I haven't gone back to it, and I'm sure it's like substantially different now. It's got to be, yeah. But when you have so many repeating levels, repeating design, repeating enemies, and the then most grindy walls, ass, so fucking grindy. Shit. Oh my god! And then you have enemies in there that are like literally just there to push you to the next level because you can't go and fight them. And if you try, then you're going to die. You have to let it. But you die. have to get past them to get better equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could just pay money. Yeah. yeah. You could just pay money. Which, which, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where it's I heard like, they made why? it so um, when you get raided, you don't actually lose your gold. Wow, yeah, that's helpful. Because, like, I fucking hated. It. It's like, I better spend all my gold before I get raided. Yep. And yep. Then, like, so you can't even bank anything. So I can come back and then, like, actually buy weapons. So that yeah. you can actually progress through yeah. the game. Yeah. Yeah, through the Tower of Thorns. Isn't that what it was called? Something like that. Something. Tower Barbs. Barbs. Barbaras. I remember that now. Barbs. So many barbs in this tower here, and they all just want to give me muffins. Yeah. So, like, another thing, too, is that, like, your style and how you look, you're just, like, like an American (laughs) version of Goichi Suda. Okay. Like, you need to look at pictures of him. Well, I mean, I guess he just kind of dresses like his characters. Mm -hmm. He's, like, some mix between, like, Travis Touchdown and Mondo Zappa. That's you. And Mondo Zappa is literally just an anime version of both of you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure you guys wear the same shoes, jackets, and sunglasses. That's funny, because I I, I, I watched footage of uh, No More Heroes, and I was like, yo, Tyler is just, <laughs> is just Travis Touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I really am, though. All my fucking uh, anime-ass fucking posters and yeah. shirts. Yeah. All oh, wrestling man. moves you're always doing on people. I fucking love doing wrestling moves on people. If I could just, yeah. If I could just suplex my way to uh, freedom. <laughs> any day now. Any day now. It should be coming. But uh, I think that's I think that's all we've got for Goichi Suda. It was, um, it was kind of interesting. I didn't think that we would find as much information on the guy. Now, he didn't have as much drama as Itagaki. You know, mm-hmm. He didn't have like a near-death experience from drinking too much Jack Daniels. <laughs> and like ODing on Armageddon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or his daughter just like, you know, bludgeoning him to death in his sleep so that like she didn't s- have to watch slowly it. Slowly backing away while he's sitting there sobbing. Right. At like viewing number 722. Yeah, and he also hasn't gone in front of a crowd to, like, talk about, you know, his, like, addiction to gambling, drinking, and everything like that. Cool shit. Right, yeah, no, Suda is, I I would like to say that he's probably, like, a blend between Kojima and Shinji Mikami, where Kojima is... I wish, I wish Suda had Kojima bucks. Yeah, if he had Kojima bucks, we'd be seeing some fucking crazy shit. Um, And I can't wait to talk about Kojima either. But, like, you know, they both started out um, really wanting employees to succeed. 
and like wanting to focus on like the original story for games. They have a same methodology philosophy where Shinji Mikami is a company man. When Capcom says go left, you go left, you do not deviate. You know, so it's pretty cool to also see that Shinji Mikami had a hand in allowing Hideki Kamiya to become who he is today, allowing him to make Devil May Cry when he was supposed to be making Resident Evil 4, <laughs> and then allowing uh, Suda to go ahead and, and make Killer 7, and even more than that, to allow him to be part of the Capcom 5 with Killer 7. It's it's insane. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where all those people with these crazy ideas were born around the same time, at the perfect time, and took the correct career path. You know, and now we've got wonderful games coming out from Grasshopper Manufacture, which you should absolutely look into. And um, games that I can recommend off that list are obviously Killer7, No More Heroes, Killer is Dead, Lollipop Chainsaw, uh, Shadows of the Damned I have not played yet I've had a copy of it for a while but uh, it looks pretty interesting that was one of the games where they actually went through EA to publish and they had to substantially change it because of uh, EA's um, uh, bullshittery yeah bullshittery <laughs> like if we're paying you money you have to make this more adaptable for western audiences and it's just like they don't know I, I would really go as far as saying as uh, the gaming conglomerate that is EA... And it sucks because EA can never die. Yeah. Because they have Madden. Yeah, because they have Madden. <laughs> That's really what it comes from, dude. And they will just continue to eat uh, gaming companies <laughs> left and right. You know, rest in peace Bioware, rest in peace Visceral Games, everything else uh, under the sun that they have touched has pretty much turned to ash and soot. Yeah. fucking awful I have so much hate for them mm-hmm. we'll have to do an episode on like the things that EA has shoved up their ass and we'll never see again like I feel like DICE can't have much longer oh yeah dude DICE is DICE is circling the drain <laughs> you know like we haven't seen a fantastic Battlefield game since 3 yeah like 4 was okay yeah <laughs> yeah I mean like that's um <laughs> uh, like I'm it's like Battlefield Five has a battle royale mode, but it's like why? Why? Like what? Why? Because trends. Because loot boxes. That's another thing. Is you know uh, talking more about gaming news, which um, we'll have to have an episode that just kind of goes into us rambling about gaming news because we could do this for an hour. It kind of sucks. Just like um, Titanfall Two devs respawn. Yes. Um, I think they're working on a new game. Hopefully. Because, like, Titanfall 2 was fucking cool, man. Yeah, I loved it. I loved playing it with you. I loved how much it made you buy Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you were so into that. You had all the skins. Dude, I got a fucking sick Mountain Dew skin for my eye on Oh, my PC. God. So, <laughs> gamer fuel for life. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's like they're making games for EA. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you you need to strike out on your own, but EA has just ridiculous money. Yeah. They have an innumerable amount of money. Like, Titanfall 2 is, like, one of the more underrated shooters, because they came out around the same time as Battlefield 1. Or... Yeah, that was unfortunate timing. And then, like, if they would also have, a Call of Duty came out. If they would have just waited until after Holiday and then just release in the first mm. quarter, like in January, February, when people are still staying inside a lot, 
they could have had three months of just, you know, content. Because by then, people are getting fed up with their Call of Duty and their Battlefield, and they're like, I want to try something else, but I only play first-person shooter games. And we're way off topic. <laughs> right. But we're just kind of... But see, that's just it. That's why Suda51 goes to different publishers so that he can't get put on a leash like by EA. That's why, yeah, that's why Grasshopper Manufacturer will not die. Even if you would let it die. die. <laughs> yeah, that honestly is the one trip up that I believe uh, has come out of that studio is the loot box system of let it die. I mean, if you're going to do a free-to-play game, like you're going to have to adopt these things. Yeah, that's, but, that's true. I don't know. I, I'm willing to give it another shot. I'd like to see how it's changed, because like, it's still like an active game. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's very active. Like I follow like the social media accounts for it, and then they're always like... They're very regularly doing maintenance on it. Yeah, that's true. I do still follow, always like, Gung They put out, like, Killer7 items and, like, Travis Touchdown items. Yeah. So that's cool. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, his his stuff, uh, Suda51's um, ideas and things have leaked into other games as well. You'll mm. see nods to his stuff all over the place. In fact, Resident Evil 4 had uh, Cade Smith from uh, Killer7. Her gun was actually in Resident Evil 4, aptly named Killer7. It's like, that scoped 44 Magnum or whatever the, the fuck it was. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. Or was it a laser scope? Yeah, it was a laser scope, yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, uh, he's not going to die. He's got plenty more where that came from, I'm sure. I'm happy that he's continuing to make games. I'm getting exactly what I want from him. Uh, pretty quick here. Very excited about it. And uh, so happy that uh, I was able to find enough information on the guy that we could give you guys an episode, even with um, a little bit of rambling, which, you know, you're always going to get that from us. Yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed it, though. Uh, we enjoy always talking to you guys uh, every week. And uh, if you ever want to just pitch something at us or just say hello, you can always shoot us an email over at podcast for two people at gmail.com. Uh, if you have some extra bucks, it can go towards uh, getting us better sound equipment or uh, keeping us um, well snacked, well snacked, <laughs> packed in our pantries. You can always uh, donate a buck or two or more if you're feeling sultry feeling greasy yeah over at patreon.com backslash podcast for two people and uh, we have a lot of exciting things for you guys coming up in the future uh, so please come back and listen to more uh, thanks again and hopefully I stop having this weird gristled <laughs> tone I'm not sure how grating it is. I'm going to have to listen to it after it gets put out. Sometimes it really do be like that. <laughs> it do. It really do. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs>